Or what if it's you on that camera? Yeah, how would you feel? It was this your A game, was it not? Are these guys representing your department? Are they the A team? Are they the, the C team? Boy, you caught the wrong shift. Too bad that fire didn't happen on our ship. You know, it would have been a lot better. Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters that gives you the information you need to know in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. You may have heard this oldie but goodie already, but bear with me. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A really smart man learns from others' mistakes. Nowhere is that more accurate than in the fire service where a mistake can kill you. But the problem with learning like this lies in the way you do it. How many YouTube videos have you seen where something goes wrong and there are dozens of comments written below the video explaining how this would never have happened if they had just fill in the blank? The armchair ICs writing those comments weren't there, of course, and they don't have the complete picture. Now that's not to say there's nothing to be learned this way. Here today to talk about what we can pick up from videos of fires on YouTube is David Triforos. He had 47 years in the fire service when he retired as chief of the Franklin Park, Illinois Fire Department after three decades there. He continues as an instructor at Nipsta Training Academy and McHenry County College, both in Illinois and nationally as the lead instructor of Great Lakes Fire and Rescue Solutions and at FDIC conferences. And David Triforos joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Hi there. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you today. When you look at a video of someone's response to, let's say, a structure fire, what's the first thing you consider? When I look at a video, I always question, where did it come from? You know, what area of the country is it? Because we all do things different. It seems like with the summer, the way it's going, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and you hear what happens on the East Coast, you hear what happens on the West Coast. And when I watch a video, I usually say, what part of the country did this take place? Because where I come from in the Midwest, we're like in the middle. So it's like we do a little bit of the East Coast, we do a little bit of the West Coast. So when you watch it, it, it kind of makes you say, I look at it by saying, you know, what would I do uh, in my department? Because when, when I teach this class at FDIC, I always ask, when you watch a video, is this going to be you guys one day? And if it is, what policies, procedures, general orders, what do you guys have to say, yeah, that could be us or no, we're not protected or we're not ready for something like this. 
You know, that's what I always look at to say, are you going to be ready if it happens? You know, that could be you on that video tomorrow. That could be you on that video later today. And my, my big thing has always been, boy, I hope I never get captured on a video. And hopefully we followed our procedures and did everything the way we're supposed to. And if it's really intense, something where it's really good that I want to share with my audience when I teach at uh, gatherings, I always say, let me call that department and ask them what happened. You know, can you talk about it? So if they don't want to talk about it, I really don't want to push the envelope on that. You know, we did see it. Someone released the video because everyone's got a phone today. What we've been learning, you know, everything's being recorded. Hopefully you were on your A game that day. If you weren't, well, okay. You know, are they embarrassing you? They might be, you know, could, can you ask them to take it down? You know, if you're the recipient of the video, they might. But otherwise, if you did good, yeah, we got something to share with you. Look at look at how the guys performed here. Look at how the hose was stretched. You know, aerials were up. Things went good where maybe, nah, we really don't want you to watch that video. You know, please take it down. Uh, sometimes common sense prevails in some of those issues. Do you think that if more firefighters watched their own videos, they'd be surprised at what they see? <laughs> Scott, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You've answered the question of the year. What if it's you on that camera? Yeah, how would you feel? I, again, it goes back to, was this your A game? Was it not? Are these guys representing your department? You know, are they part of your fire department? Are they the A team? Are they the the C team, boy, you caught the wrong shift. Too bad that fire didn't happen on our shift. You know, it would have been a lot better. We would have been, and, and again, everyone's different. And what's what's plaguing the mind of the guys when they come to work? You know, do they have family problems? Are they exhausted from doing stuff with their kids? You know, is it a bad day and things went wrong? You know, um, we all have days like that, you know, and that's why we always joke sometimes that, you know, see that parking lot over there? Yeah, that was a mistake. You know, that's how it happened. You know, that's how it happened. So um, when I teach it, at the college level, I always tell the, the students that sometimes, you know, I try to put it into modern day a language that they can understand. And I said, we're kind of like a sports team. How did we come out and perform? Well, guess what? We got our asses kicked yesterday. We'll try and do better on the next one. I guess that's all you can do unless your team's a losing team, you know, where it keeps losing and losing. Then you might say, oh, maybe we need a new chief or a new coach, you know. Now, you see a lot of videos on YouTube with comments like they parked the rig in the wrong spot or why is the IC calling for a par or one I just saw that said, why was the ladder being deployed? You just needed a couple of hand lines. In your experience, are these mostly valid criticisms or are they uninformed? Again, from the back, from behind a computer, you know, you, you can, you know, you, you can say what you want to say. You know, that's what comes out. Um, does your department throw ladders? Is it policy that you have to throw ladders? Matter of fact, a video comes to mind. It, it took place in Alabama, it's a video of a firefighter who was supposed to be or was in the process of rescuing a woman from a first floor window, what appeared to be the D side of the building. And something happens to this firefighter where he does not complete his assignment of rescuing the woman, but yet a civilian comes up and pulls the woman out of the building. And I've heard so much controversy on this that I've tried to find out what department it was to say what really happened there. Because some of the stories I've heard is this firefighter was on his second or third rescue attempt 
They had already previously rescued people out of the building. And in the process of trying to get this woman out, she pulled his face piece where apparently dislodging the regulator or the face piece was dislodged. And he was trying to put it back on because apparently, again, from speculation, that's why I'd like to see more about it or hear about it is, is that department required to wear SCBA all the time that, you know, upon entering a building, you're supposed to have your SCBA on in place. Does it mitigate working on a rescue of somebody at that time? It depends what your policies and what's going to happen. There was that captain down in Atlanta who apparently was following his policies and procedures to go in and rescue a, a civilian in a building and was written up, you know, for for his action. And I heard a lot of stuff on the internet reading comments that, you know, that was all BS and everything. And what's the real story? Was he doing what he's supposed to do? Was he not, you know, um, again, to you actually talk to the players and ask what happened, you know, a lot of things, it's like the news, what's real, what isn't real anymore today? Because everything is so fast. You see something, you can have it on the internet within seconds of watching where years ago, it used to take weeks, days, months before you heard things happening. You know, now it's all instantaneous and you see it and right away comments come out. And I think it's good just to say, hey, what would you do if this was your situation? You got the case of that firefighter in Alabama. What would you do if that was you? And, you know, did the woman pull your face piece off? Would you say, okay, the heck with the face piece? Or would you continue to say, wait a minute, you know, I don't want to be overcome by the smoke conditions that she's facing right now where I go down. The civilian jumping over him to pull her out. Where was the crowd control? You know, I've gone to fires to take pictures and the cops are like, my gosh, you know, you thought it was, you know, World War Three starting all over again. They won't let you anywhere near the building. How did this guy walk up and actually do a firefighter's job or interfere with it? So there's many ways to answer that. But the, the way I really see it is you need to look at what happened. And, and like you said, with the original question, you know, if that's you, how would you have performed in that adversity? People are now starting to bum wrap you. We're all going to feel bad about someone saying something bad about us, but maybe you got to take a moment to say, wow, if that was me, how would I have handled it? Right. So what you're saying is you can't know everything about the situation just from what you see. Yeah. I mean, where's the rest of the firefighters was my comment when this fellow's, you know, rescuing a woman. Were the other folks fighting the fire? Are they waiting for more companies to get there? Was this the first company on the scene? Had command pretty much said, hey, we're staying out of this building. No one's allowed inside. You know, but hey, chief, we got a rescue. You know, what what should we do? Because now you throw that back onto him. And, you know, is he making that decision quickly or is he delaying that you're, you know, hey, I'm ready to go. Can I go? Can I go? And, you know, he's not telling me, yeah, go ahead. You got the green light. And then who's there to back you up if something happens? You know, we're supposed to have RIT teams in place. And I know when you pull up to a scene where you suspect life, you know, in a, involved in a building, you're allowed to go in and violate the two in, two out rule. So many things come I'll into more play, of you know, in just a moment. Bum first a short break. Just to say, hey, look at this video. What do you guys have see you heard about How would we do it? How could, podcast we, could have been done differently? Here's Take a, a look at it that way. Firefighters are well-trained. They are skilled at their job. But sometimes, that's not enough to save their lives in a fire. When that happens, it's incumbent upon storytellers to ensure that their deaths are never forgotten. Command One has ordered all units to evacuate the building. The True Fire podcast takes on that role. It's a docudrama series so realistic, when you hear it, you'll think you're there. 
True Fire honors the men and women who have given everything to save lives and property. The stories of their sacrifice can help save other firefighters who find themselves in the same situations. True Fire. Their stories demand to be told. If that sounds like a show you want to hear, you can help make it happen. Just go to truefirepodcast.com slash GoFundMe and make a contribution. I need your financial backing to get Season 1 off the ground. Any amount will help, so make a donation today at truefirepodcast.com slash GoFundMe. Thanks. So far, we've talked mostly about bad things that you would interpret one way or the other. But how often do you see something in a video where you go, hey, that was a pretty good idea? I watch a lot of videos because when I teach at FDIC, my class is primarily videos that I have to work with to say, hey, take a look at this, folks. What do you see here? How how does this look? How's that lead out? Look at this lead out. Isn't that good? Isn't that a great job? Or you look at some of the videos, which I show because the audiences come from all over. I try to find rural firefighting operations. And I just ran across a video where someone launched a drone in a rural area where they're setting up the tankers and they're trying to get you know w- water on the fire and the water supply. And eventually they introduce ground ladders and then aerial ladders. And you know when I see it, I, I like to have what I've learned is you need friends in some of these places because I don't fight rural fire. So it's good to call up someone and say, hey, take a look at this video. What do you see? And he goes, man, that's great. He said, you know, they got the tankers lined up. The pools are set up. They got the water supply. They got the lines being introduced, so they're not they're not taking away the water where they don't have enough water out there. They're introducing the ground ladders, which in many departments, even on city water, they still not throwing ladders. So when you see that they're doing they're doing it right, that's it's good to compliment someone and say, hey, great video, you know. And you know if you can see the name of the department, why not drop them a line and say, hey, we saw your video on, you know, the barn fire you had or the house fire in that rural area. And nice job. That was pretty good. You know, you guys covered all the bases if you are concerned about what's right and what's wrong. How would you have done it? You know, does that look good to you? Let them know. Say, hey, great job. Make them feel good, too. So you mentioned that you use a lot of these videos in your classes. How do people usually react to them? If I'm going to play a video, I have to get right to the meat and potato. I got to have a little intro to it and then hit you with the wow factor. Otherwise, oh, we're just watching videos. You know, I didn't come to watch videos. So is there a lesson to learn from this? Yes, there is. So it's like, okay, what are the lessons? You know, but again, some of the folks in the audience, because sometimes I like to do role playing in these videos. I'll take a firefighter who's strong in his uh, labor relations and say, I'm making you the chief on this incident. Okay, and then I'll take a chief and say, I'm going to let you be the labor. And then no one wants to be the safety officer. I can't find, when I ask, hey, who wants to be the safety officer? No, no hands go up. So you put someone in that role and say, here, you're the safety officer. Now we watch the video. Now you take the fellow who's, in, who's more concerned about labor and say, okay, you're running the department. Are you happy with this video? Uh, yes and no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Then you ask, you know, role play, put people in those other spots and say, how would you do it? Then it's like, okay, where's my safety officer? Nope, still no. I can't find, now the guy actually left the room because he didn't want to be embarrassed. 
in front of everyone to say, boy, this is going to keep you busy, huh? And he's like, holy cow. You know, some of them will stick around. It's like, man, I don't know where to start. I said, well, you know, that's the wonderful thing about cameras. Nowadays, <laughs> we're catching everything so fast. But yet, you know, what what can we make out of this? Okay, if we saw something that's not good, let's go back to our department and say, what's our policies? Do we have policies for this? Yes or no? If we don't, you know what, you know, when you go to these seminars and some of these conferences, you need to come with someone to say, write this down. You know, we got to come up with orders on things like this. When I, when I took over a chief's job uh, at a paid on call department, uh, there were no rules and regulations, no general orders, no policies, procedures. And I said, well, the book's empty. So we're going to start and we're going to build on it. Well, every time you had an incident, okay, this is going to become the Dave rule. This is going to become the Joe rule. This is the Sam rule. Let's correct these problems so we don't have these things again. Let's make, let's make something positive out of a negative, you know, not with repercussions on people, but just let's correct what we saw happen, you know, so it's not going to happen again. When you teach these conferences, what is the most important thing that the group typically gets out of an average video of a fire ground scene? If, if you're in a seminar setting, you know, it's go back and look at your department. But if I'm teaching a class, say, on rapid intervention, we're going to, hey, we're going to try this evolution. Here, here's what happened to this firefighter. Maybe it was a save. Maybe it was not. You know, maybe it turned out to be a fatality. But let's take you through these motions and try it. So we'll try to recreate that. I have a, I have a teaching partner uh, from New York. His name's Ed Snyder. He's a fireman in Harlem. And um, he's been to several incidents where, you know, just that has happened. You know, videos were shot and, you know, there were maydays called where firefighters, you know, had to be rescued. And we'll recreate some of those to say, okay, watch the video here. You know, it, it doesn't take you inside what happened, but it shows you, tries to paint the picture for you of what's taken place. So when you do get inside there and now you get to live that, the impression that the students now possess is very different. It's like they're exhausted. Some of them will work at it till they collapse to try and rescue a fellow firefighter. You know, when we set up the scenarios, what happened? And it's good to watch some of these videos. But again, a lot of them do not give you enough information because, again, the, the people shooting the video, it's not a department sanctioned video, but it gives you the foundation to say, okay, let's work on this. Let's take this scenario from what we're seeing out here. You know, what resources did they have? Did they have enough resources? Did they not? Okay, now let's try to build on that and say, okay, if we have an incident like this, what do we need to address right away? You know, and again, it comes back to, are you prepared? Because, you know, like we said earlier, this might be you on that video now. And how are you going to respond to that? You know, wow, we got caught with our pants down on that one. If it is something tragic, you know, where a firefighter's life is lost in trying to, you know, get someone out of the building, what could we have done to make it better? You know, that's what you're trying to do. They always say history repeats itself, and it does. I even still go back to the old videos that have no sound. They were shot with the cameras way back when just to look at it and see, you know, what were the firefighters faced with in some of those scenarios? Uh, Chief Vince Dunn, he always talks about the 23rd Street fire, and there's some phenomenal black and white video showing the fellas working and, you know, no air packs, what they endured back then. You know, there were no air packs for the firefighters back then, or they chose not to wear them. And those guys, you know, took a beating in a basement. Today, 
in a basement fire, we're all prepared to have our air packs on. We got better clothing. We might introduce ventilation with fans, you know, something to, to ventilate the area a little bit better for us to work in there to protect these firefighters so that we can get them out if something were to happen. But again, you know, you can look back at the history because sadly we've been killing firefighters for years and, you know, we're probably going to continue doing it unless we stop fighting fires. When things go wrong, they go wrong. And sometimes you wish, hey, was anyone shooting video out there? You know, that would be great to see what we did. And, oh, you know what? No one was shooting video today. All right, Dave Triforos, thanks for joining me today on Code 3. Some great insights on training from video. Scott, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. How often do you watch YouTube Fireground videos? And be honest with yourself now. How often do you comment on how badly the fire companies in them handled the assignment? Judging by the number of negative comments I see on YouTube, firefighters have a high opinion of how their company would deal with the incident that the other company actually faced. I'd like to hear from you on this. What can you or have you learned from watching a fireground video? You can leave your comments on our website at code3podcast.com slash YouTube. There's links to more info there as well, so check it out. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.